Morning, everybody. That's better. Right, we're going to be carrying on with um, looking at Jesus' ministry um, in chronological order, and we're going to be coming to Luke chapter 7 and looking at verses 36 to 50. But before we actually read those verses, I'm going to ask you a question. Now, I don't want you to actually tell me the answer. I just want you to think about the answer um, as we're going, as we're reading the verse. Just think about what the answer to that question is, and maybe pray about it. But later on, the question is quite simply this: How's your heart? How is your heart? I'm not talking about the one that's in your chest going thump, 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 like mine is at the moment, quite quickly. Um, but that bit that makes you you. How is it? How healthy is it? But let's just look at um, these verses now. So, Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 36. And I'm going to stop every so often going through it just to explain just a few little bits as we go through. One of the Pharisees asked him, that's Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she had learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him, at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them, and wiped his feet with her hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Not your everyday occurrence, at least not in my life anyway. It's not happened to me every day. Things to remember about this well is when this Pharisee is invited Jesus to um, come round for dinner, this isn't just a quiet little compulsive, do we come round to my house for dinner? This is quite a public um, invitation. Lots of people have known about it. Now, I don't know about you, but I might feel a bit strange having someone come round my house after I've just invited someone around to my house for dinner, and then a stranger comes up, bangs on the door, comes in, and comes and stands behind the guest I've just invited and starts crying over the feet. It's a bit of a, a strange situation. Uh, but when I was reading through um, various concordances and things like this, it said that um, it's not actually unusual for uninvited guests to come to the, the, the meeting, to come to, to, come to this, uh, this meal. That they would come, not to eat, but just to sit back and actually listen to the conversation. So it's not just a social thing, this is actually a place where people actually learn, learn, are learning, especially when you've got two people of, of God who were discussing the scriptures. It also says that this lady was a sinner. What it means by that is this lady was probably a prostitute um, and well known in the town for being that. So again, a bit of a, a shock to have a prostitute come into your, into your house and start uh, weeping over Jesus' feet. Let's just carry on reading now. So from verse 39. And when the Pharisee, who had been invited, saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she's a sinner. 
And Jesus, answering him, said, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. From what I read before, the denarii was roughly about a day's wages, so that's quite a bit of money. When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will he love the more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he cancelled the, the larger debt. And he said to him, you've judged rightly. Then turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Another quick explanation now. Um, traditionally, um, in Israel at the time, um, you would actually wash people's feet when they came into your house. There's practical reasons for this. One, it's very dusty, um, and you didn't have the nice paved roads that we've got and they used to wear sandals so your feet got pretty yucky so one of the things that you would actually do as a way of greeting someone and a practical thing is to actually provide water to wash their feet um, a richer household would actually have a servant actually come and wash your feet for you um, but Simon didn't do that and Jesus points us out and said you didn't do that but this lady is washing my feet with her tears and then she's drying it with her hair. Now, I don't know about you, I'm not, I've not got a lot left. But um, ladies seem to be quite precious about the hair. Quite rightly so. Yeah? Can you imagine unwinding your hair, your lovely pristine hair, and then rubbing it over someone's dirty feet? You'd really want to go wash your hair again, wouldn't you? It's very horrible. But, but drying dry his hair with her feet. Uh, I read, read. I think with his hair. <laughs> right, let's just carry on. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased kissing my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she's anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many, are forgiven. For she has loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. When those at the table, when those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this? Who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The reason that would have caused outrage around that table, by him saying, your sins are forgiven. The Jews knew only God can forgive sin. Priests can't do it, no one else can do it. Only God himself can forgive sin. So by Jesus saying, your sins are forgiven, what he's declaring is that he is God. 
because man was to ever say that he is God, that was punishable by death. But Jesus saying it was true. Jesus saying it was true. Well, wow, that wasn't any normal doing the party, was it? <laughs> quite, a, quite an event there. In the passage, we actually are uh, looking at two people. Both of them were sinners. But they both had very different responses when they met Jesus. It's because of the state of their heart. So the first one. We look at Simon to start off with. Simon the Pharisee. Now being a Pharisee, he was a very religious person. He would have studied the scriptures regularly. He would have observed the law to fine detail. Attended the temple or the synagogue, what we call church, um, regularly. Always making sure that he put all the offerings in, in, in the pot like he should do. Obeying all the rules. On the outside, someone who's very upright. Someone who is holy. But he didn't treat Jesus with respect. He didn't treat him with love. He didn't show God's love to Jesus. He didn't give him water to, to wash his feet. He didn't greet him warmly. When the lady came to the house, he judged her. He called her a sinner. Didn't have the courage to say it out loud. If you read, read what we actually said, he said, he said to himself, this lady's a sinner. Didn't say it out loud. He kept it to himself. But in his heart, he said, that lady's a sinner. She's not worthy to be in my house. She shouldn't be here. He judged her. And then he judged Jesus as well, because he said, you don't recognise that this lady's a sinner. You don't recognise that, you know, just by her touching you, it makes you unclean. Just by her touching you, it means that you can't go to the temple. You can't go and worship Jesus. You can't go and worship God. You're, you're unclean. If you knew who that was, if you were really a man of God, if you knew who that was, you wouldn't let her do it. He appears to have quite a high opinion of his own righteousness. Yeah? Quite a high opinion of his own righteousness because he's judging others and thinking they're lower than him. I wonder, have you ever looked down on somebody? I don't mean standing at the top of the stairs and looking over the top, but I mean judging them. Looking down and thinking, do you know what? They're not as good as me. I know I've done it. I've done it in the past. I have to fight with it every so often. I can make judgments. You know, I'm, I'm more valued than them. It's not true. You 
You know, I don't do the things that that person does. Now, you might see that person going, I think, oh, that person that goes, they get drunk every day, they are, you know, sleeping around, they are swearing, they're fighting, or selling drugs, or whatever. You might think, oh, I don't do all that, I'm not as bad as that. You're judging that person. You think, no, God's never going to accept them because they're like that, but He'll accept me because I'm not as bad as them. You know, it might be we don't do those simple things. We don't do, we don't, we don't do those things that we see them doing, but you can bet that you actually do other ones. Maybe ones that aren't quite so public. Maybe ones that are done behind closed doors that people don't know about. Aren't so obvious. But the Bible tells us in Romans 3, 23... For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. That means everybody sinned. Everybody's fallen short of God's perfect standard. I have. Definitely. Adam's a great bloke, but I know he has. So, Jonathan. How's Gordon? Everybody in this room, everybody in Sittingbourne, everybody in the country, everybody on this planet has all fallen short of God's glory, all fallen short of God's standard. We all owe God a debt, a debt for our sin. We all start like Simon did. We all start with a hard heart. We all start not knowing who Jesus really is. Not understanding that. Simon didn't understand who it was he'd invited to dinner. He thought he was honouring Jesus. In that, no, I'm going to invite you to me. You can come. You can come visit me. You know, I'm, I'm giving you a great honour in that. He didn't understand who he was actually inviting was the Son of God. The honour was the other way around. <laughs> but he didn't realise it. Second person we're going to look at is the lady. This woman came to see Jesus. She heard where he was and she came to be there. Everybody knew what she was like. They would have seen her on the streets. She would have been of low social standing. She would have been shunned by the community, separated, not allowed to go into the temple and worship God. An outcast. Unclean. Outwardly. Outwardly, this lady could not be more than a polar opposite to Simon. But the difference is, God had been at work in this lady's life. He had opened her hard heart. 
she knew how sinful she was. She knew her life was a total mess. She knew she needed God's mercy. And the Holy Spirit had revealed to her who Jesus was. And so when she responded, she responded with a heart that was pleasing to God. A repentant heart. She responded in humility. Can you imagine kneeling at someone's feet and washing their feet with your tears, drying it with your hair? That takes extreme humility. Remember, this is public. This isn't doing something quiet. This is somewhere public she's doing this. She's openly declaring that she needs Jesus to forgive her. And then she puts a perfume on his feet. Now, this isn't just your little bottle of so many stuff you might have on the shelf. She had to spend a lot of money on this. This is proper perfume. Expensive. Um, from what I've been told before, these jars, once you break them, you can't reseal them. They're just a, a break and, and use. And that would have been a lot of money. So she would have had to have given most, if not all, of what she owned to actually have bought this. And then she uses it on Jesus' feet. It's an act of worship. She's giving her very, very best to God. And then we look at God's heart. Look at Jesus now. How does Jesus respond to both these people? Well, he actually responds in love to both of them. The woman, he acknowledges her to start off with. He recognises her. He actually draws attention to her, but in a positive way. He actually shows the sacrifice that this lady is making. He actually highlights that actually this she's doing this even though you didn't, Simon. She's doing this. And he accepts her. He accepts her and he accepts her sin upon himself. Because Jesus came on a rescue mission, didn't he? He didn't just God try get it. I want you to try and understand how much God loves you. How much he does. Jesus was in heaven. He always has been. He's always been with the Father. He's always been with the Holy Spirit. He's always been there. Since before the beginning of time. He's lived in perfect communion with the Father and the Holy Spirit. When we sin, God knew what the result of that would be. He knew that we would end up spending an eternity in hell away from him. He knew that. And he loves you so much that he willingly stepped out of that heaven, out of eternity, became man. He willingly bore the price for our sin upon himself on that cross. 
It was his love that held him to that cross. His love held him there. He gave up his life that we might be set free. That we, like this, like this lady, might have our sins forgiven and be restored to God for eternity. He loved you so much, he did that. Then he rose again. Then he returned to heaven. But God loves you so much that that wasn't enough either. He sent the Holy Spirit then. The Holy Spirit who will dwell inside you. The Holy Spirit who points us to Jesus. Just like those um, people are meeting around the Watsons at the moment and they're studying and looking at the Holy Spirit and who he actually is. The Holy Spirit is a personal God. That part that dwells with us, that part that pricks our conscience, that part that tells us what's right, what's wrong, that guides us, that opens up the Bible to us, that enables us and equips us in services to God. He loves you so much that he dwells within you to ensure that you're going to be coming back to heaven with him. That's how much God loves you. And that's only my understanding of it. Which is imperfect. So Jesus forgives us in and he restores her as a child of God. And to Simon, I told he loved both of them, but to Simon, he told him the parable. That parable which says, you know, if you really know how much you owe, you'll have a lot more. Simon wasn't aware of what he owed. He thought his works, good and commendable as they are, actually made him right with God. And it doesn't. Jesus is the only way to God. Only through him. What he's actually showing to Simon, and showing to us too, is that we need to understand what it is that we actually owe. So I'm going to go back to that question. How's your heart? Is your heart hard? Do you know that you haven't committed yourself to Jesus? It's good news. You can. You can do it today if you want to. Do it now. You can ask him, just that lady did, into your life and accept him as your saviour. You may have a soft heart, but it may be fine, it's starting to get harder. I know I have. Again, it's good news. You can go back and you can ask Jesus, can you soften it up again, please? Can you show me again what it is that I mean to you and what it is, you know, who you are, what you are. Or you may have a very soft heart. You may be walking closer to God and you know what? Praise God. That's great. You're free to worship. You're free to lift your hands and, and, and to worship Him. 
But if you have got a hard heart, don't leave it too long. I'm just going to say, you have the opportunity just to come before God and ask Him into your life. If you want to talk to me afterwards, I'm quite happy to. Someone else you might know a bit better, talk to them and ask them um, to pray with you if, if you want them to. If you've got a soft heart, if you've got a heart that is that knows and loves Jesus, then you'll be able to do the things that this lady did. You'll know what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Now, uh, Gordon drums this into us just about every week. He certainly does it to us um, uh, in uh, our running partners. He says about hope, which is the name of the church. And each of those letters actually means something. H is come on in. <laughs> the H is honour. Honour his name. That lady honoured Jesus' name. She recognised who he was and she honoured him. The O is obey. Obey his commands. And again, she obeyed it. She obeyed it with her heart. She obeyed and, and witnessed and, and betrayed herself before him. Pray beyond herself. Well, I don't know if that actually prayed at that point, but she was talking to Jesus, so that means to me she was praying, even though he was physically there. But praying beyond ourselves, praying for those around us, that God's glory would come. And everybody's a witness. You couldn't be more of a witness than what she did in front of all those people. How's your heart? Can we just end now to start? I'll just, I'll just pray and then we can ask Adam to come back and just close the worship, please. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you are a God, Lord, who loves us beyond our understanding. Lord, your love has no limits, though, that we know. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your compassion and grace to us. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that you would just fill us in you. That, Lord, as we worship you now, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just fill our hearts, Lord, with your, your praise. That, Lord, we would bring glory to your name. That, Lord, you would bring courage to us, Lord, as we, when we leave here, Lord. That we will be able to just be those witnesses for you. Sharing your love. Having a heart, Lord, after your own heart. And I ask this in your precious name. Amen.